Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread as we move into the month of October, if you can believe it. Along with my partner, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, we're all set. I know the college and pro football teams are. My question I have to ask of you is, are you ready for the month of October? Yes, I welcome the month of October. I was not a big fan myself of September. We did struggle with our totals plays to our credit. At least we wrapped up the month with the uh, over of the month cashing in the Sunday late afternoon game, the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the total. It took a touchdown in the last two minutes, but uh, we did bring that home, and I am definitely looking forward to the month of October. But I'm telling you, somebody out there is wishing September perhaps even had another week, and obviously that has to be Mark Lawrence, his preferred picks executive service, off, yeah, another 5-0 and week in college football and in the NFL. It was, of course, highlighted by Mark's five-star game of the month on Notre Dame, outright fashion over Wisconsin. Toledo as a road favorite winner, and uh, you know you're doing well when Mark's on a road favorite, and they uh, bring home the bacon. And, of course, Baylor was a home underdog winner as well in college football. Saturday, excuse me, Sunday, the Saints with the outright dog winner over New England, and finally a four-star game of the week on the Rams for Mark as well. A fantastic start. 5-0 and for the week. Let's get the numbers down, you know, uh... In college football, I'm looking at the sports monitor standings. Mark Lawrence, number one, 10, 2, and 1 in college football for the season. That's against the spread. And then, of course, the sports monitor NFL. Mark Lawrence, 8 and 0 in a season. It's an 18, 2, and 1 month. That's the numbers I have for Mark. I'm sure he's going to say something that, you know, we're getting close to historic levels. And Mark, if there is a uh, you know sports betting heaven, I mean you're 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 in a level above that. I'm gonna we'll call it the sports betting penthouse. That's where Mark currently resides, with a fantastic first month record of eighteen two and one overall. And uh, man, oh man, I bet you're licking your chops as we head into a new month uh, of October. Yeah, it's been quite a month, uh, the month of September, and I can uh, only. Largely, I shouldn't say only, but largely attributed to all of the work that we poured into the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine in the off season that prepares us for each new football season. And uh, I think what worked in our favor largely this month of September was the new rules of what happened in the world of at least of college football, where uh, all these players were allowed to return and that new experience and. I've been saying from the beginning that we're going to see a really good college football season this year because we're going to have good competitive football teams. And there's nothing better to handicap than good competitive teams. It's like a horse race handicapper. He wants to handicap large fields. He doesn't want to handicap a five-horse race. He wants 12 or 13 horses in a race because there's a lot more value and a lot more better insightful handicapping that you can do. And we're seeing and realizing that right now in the world of college football. As far as the NFL side of things goes, uh, I can also say that 
things have done very, very well for us. And again, I'm relying heavily, at least to start the football season, on the coaches because the coaches have command of their football team. And going through the COVID uh, off-season experiences, the protocols and everything and so forth and whatnot, I think the coaches are more important this year than they've ever been before. And that's also been paying off for us as well. So I'm sorry to see the month of September in the rearview mirror, but we're looking forward to rolling up our sleeves and continuing to do much the same, Mm -hmm. hopefully, in the month of October. Right. We're talking about some teams here. Uh, I want to run this first by you, and then I want to get uh, your take. uh, Or now I'm going to set you up first here. Uh, I know we're talking about uh, being undefeated, okay, and being undefeated in the National Football League in college football. In college football, you were telling me before this, before the show here that this will be a pivotal week for a lot of undefeated football teams. If you can explain that and maybe lay it out for our listeners out there exactly why that's the case this week. Yeah, there's easily a, a good six, maybe even seven teams that – Perhaps face a season-defining game this week, a prove-it game, whatever you want to call it. It probably would start right at the top with the number 14, Michigan, who's 4-0, and takes on Wisconsin on Saturday. Michigan has emphasized the run a little bit more. They've got a mostly new defensive coaching staff and an even stronger commitment to running the ball. Uh, they've looked pretty different on both sides of the ball this season, and th- this game against a angry Wisconsin team, who's, of course, off that home loss to Notre Dame, could very well define Michigan's season. Another team that uh, we'll be talking about in length a little later in the show is Notre Dame, number nine, Notre Dame, who's 4-0, and takes on Cincinnati. Again, we'll talk about that game uh, a little later in the program. But what about a, a team like Kentucky? 4-0 Kentucky playing number 10 Florida this week, and now. Uh, Mark Stoops, he knows uh, that Kentucky needs to turn around their turnover margin still. They're sitting at 4-0, which is, of course, a nod to both their schedule and their talent level. But he has built himself a program there in Kentucky that is good enough to uh, win ugly in the SEC, if you will. Another team is a surprising 4-0 in the ACC conference. That would be Boston College. And man, oh man, they got a prove-it game. It's especially impressive given the injuries the program has endured for Boston College. Of course, you know, most people know about Yurkovic, the quarterback who sustained the season-ending hand injury uh, in the opener. But they've lost some big players, including their kicker as well. It's basically been a horror show of injuries to their top players. But uh, credit Jeff Halfley and the staff, 4-0, and big game this week against Clemson, another team who's 4-0 and now. In the Big 12 Conference is Baylor, who faces a top 25 opponent this week in Oklahoma State. And the Bears have already proved that they're a much better team than that 2020 version. Uh, of course, you know, they had numerous COVID issues last year and the transition to a brand new coaching staff. Uh, some difficulties scoring, perhaps, with that team, but still the best defense uh, pretty easily in the Big 12 Conference and a big game against Oklahoma State this week. And I'm really surprised whenever I see a Big 12 over-under line less than 50 points like this game is. And it'll probably still stay under the total as well. Uh, finally, Ole Miss. They got a big prove-it game. They're 3-0 on the year for Ole Miss. Uh, we like them as a rebound team uh, heading into the season. I know you talked about them. They're a very difficult team to defend. They're clearly the type of team that can threaten this week's opponent, which is Alabama. Uh, I don't know this season if we have the super team in college football, the Uber team. 
But uh, as you mentioned uh, just a little while ago, it at least uh, sets up a fantastic competitive season in college football where uh, there's a good chance any war or any one of uh, six to eight programs could actually win the whole thing. Uh, finally, Mark, it's a Friday game. Maryland is 4-0 in the Big Ten. They got a big Friday game against number five, Iowa. And, of course, you've got this uh, uh, Tungo Viola at quarterback and Maryland's wide receivers against a fantastic Iowa secondary. That should be the key matchup in that particular game. But, again, there's easily six or seven programs with defining games this week, and we'll see if they continue their uh, zero in the loss column. There you go, an overview of the undefeated football teams through the month of September and what we can look forward to this weekend and throughout the upcoming month of October. As far as my observations on what happened in the world of college football in the month of October, I've got, I broke down what's happened in four categories. Uh, the most underrated, the most phoniest, the biggest surprise, and the biggest disappointments as far as college football is concerned thus far this season here. And I'm going to say that uh, the most underrated, I don't mean this from the standpoint that they're winning and they're not getting any credit. I'm talking about the fact that they're winning games where it counts in the yards, but they're not producing on the scoreboard like they were expected to do. And they're going to end up being a lot of value on this football team when they can play. That's Wisconsin, football team that's one and two, but they've won the yards in every football game they've played and they've outstated their opponents almost 200 yards a game. So keep an eye out on the Badgers here. We'll see exactly. I'm sure they're going to uh, they're going to make a swing here, and they're not going to be a losing football team by season's end, which means they're going to knock off a few Big Ten teams along the way, and one of them just might happen this particular weekend. Uh, as far as phony football teams go, a football team that's uh, ranked number three in the country undefeated, 4-0, that would be the Oregon Ducks, who we talked about before in the past, uh, They've outyarded only one opponent thus far this football season in those four victories. And sooner or later, and I'm not an I told you so kind of a guy, but sooner or later, I'm going to say I told you so <laughs> <laughs> about Oregon. We'll see whether or not it happens this week or not, but uh, uh, they're wobbling right now. The Ducks are, and they're not, I don't think, the third best team in the country. As far as uh, the surprise team in the country, I think that's kind of rather obvious. It would have to be the Arkansas Razorbacks who have done a wonderful job uh, winning in uh, all four football games they played, defeating three ranked football teams. Perfect 4-0 in the stats. They've done it exactly how they did it on the scoreboard. They earned it. They, they won the yards in those football games. We'll see whether or not, now that they've caught the attention of a lot of other teams in the Southeast Conference, whether they continue to play that way. They're not going to sneak up on anybody from this point moving forward. But a tip of the hat to Sam Pittman and the great job that he's done with the Hogs. Uh, I would also say that uh, Duke would also be uh, like a runner-up, and this is that's a really under-the-radar type of a, a surprise team, if you will, in college football this year. Not a lot was expected from the Blue Devils, yet they've won three of their first four football games, and they've won the yards in all four of those football games. So there might be something going on at Duke. We'll keep an eye as, out on them as they enter into ACC play, but don't be surprised if they don't knock off a team or two along the way and pull an upset. And as far as... The most disappointing team in college football this year, my vote goes to Florida State, the Seminoles. And it's not just because they took a dump against Jacksonville State, which was unbelievable. I mean, no excuse. But it's how they played all season long. This football team, they got a 400-yard defense, and it's just not what they hired Mike Norvell to do. And I know they're paying him a lot of money for over a lot of years in the regents there. 
up in Tallahassee are looking at finding out ways that they can maybe get out of this contract here. But it's not a pretty scene right now these days at Florida State. And the other guy who's disappointing to me, at least, uh, is Ohio University. And uh, we had prefaced this in the Playbook Preview Guide magazine just before we went to print with it that Frank Solich had opted to retire for health reasons. And we sort of took the slant that they would dedicate this season to Solich. They had some talent coming back, and we're expecting them to be a competitive football team this year, yet they're not. Uh, they've lost all four of their games and in the stats by 132 yards a game. I don't know what happened if uh, if you know players wanted out of that program when Solich decided to retire or whatnot, but uh, I don't know if they're going to come back or not, but they're a team right now that sort of has the plague, and I wouldn't want any part of Ohio University until they prove that they can play better football. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's move over to the National Football League side of things. And before I hand it off to you, uh, I just want to say this about uh, looking at, and I'm beginning to do this because I love doing this statistically, but looking at teams uh, and their charts and winning games inside out, winning the game, losing the stats, losing the uh, game, but winning the stats. And uh, last week we had an unusual occurrence in uh, the victory by the Los Angeles Chargers who took down Kansas City as a a 7.5-point underdog, yet were inside out in the stats. And that just might make a fat and sassy Charger football team this week, uh, taking out the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to host the Raiders on Monday night, and they had better bring their A game because the Raiders are playing as good as any team in the National Football League is so far this year. And my one final comment in the National Football League is, I know we talk about, Coaches in the hot seat, but man, the guy that's got to be in the hottest hot seat of all has got to be Matt Nagy from the Chicago Bears. And what a pitiful performance that they put on in Cleveland against the Browns this past weekend. I know he opted to start Justin Fields, and he needed to do that because Andy Dalton was hurt. But uh, the game plan that he that he had, he was not at all prepared for what came at him. Nine sacks in the football game, 67 total yards, maybe it was 47 total yards by the Bears. Just an absolutely pathetic performance, and my only hope is that it doesn't damage fields moving forward. Like a lot of young baby horses, two-year-olds that race, and they get put in class levels that are way over their head, and they get uh, they just get trounced in the race, and they're never the same racehorse anymore. I just think he needs to be called out on that. And, you know, he says I, he didn't prepare well enough. Well, you're a head coach. You need to prepare better than that. And boo to you, Matt Nagy, on the job that you you are doing with the Chicago Bears. That's my take, Victor. What do you see in the National Football League this week? Well, you mentioned uh, Mr. Nagy on the hot seat, and uh, it's been a rough month for rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence throws two INTs, including a pick six last week. Mac Jones, three interceptions in the loss of the Saints. You mentioned Justin Fields and his difficulties as well. But my candidate for hot seat, Mark, I want to throw uh, – I'm going to uh, call your Matt Nagy. I'm going to raise you, raise you Joe Judge. What do you think about that? Um, this giant team, I swear, uh, I, I bet under in the Giants game almost every week. Uh, this is where the Giants rank offensively since hiring uh, Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator last year. 32nd in yards to go on third down, 31st in points per game, 31st in explosive pass plays, 30 in points per drive, 28th in yards per play, and it's all because of Joe Judge and the, the coaching staff he hired. And here, uh, 
to illustrate my point, here you go. Here, These are the top four r- current romances in the NFL. As an example, Sean McVay loves Matt Stafford. Jerry Jones loves Dak Prescott. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. But Joe Judge, he loves his punt team. And that's all I can say about Joe Judge because they don't care about kicking field goals when the game's close. It's all about punting and field position and 1980s dinosaur style of football. With that said, Mark, a good week for dogs again last week. Nine and seven ATS, seven and nine even straight up. That's very good on the season. Underdogs in the NFL coming in at 30 and 18 against the spread. That's 63%. Not so good at home at only 10 and 8, but 19 and 10 for road dogs already. And in fact, non division dogs have gone 24 and 12 against the spread. That is 67% in the NFL. Finally, um, we mentioned this in the tip sheet. Last week was the lowest scoring week in the NFL of the last two years. Uh, five overs. And 11 games that went under the total, 5 and 11. Average line was 48.1. Average combined points, again, only 45.3, the lowest uh, total of the last two seasons. Average Martin, just uh, under three points per game. Yeah, you had your shootouts, five or more games had 58 or more combined points, but half of all games had a combined 41 or less combined points. Uh, That takes us to our year-to-date numbers NFL games, 20 overs, 28 unders on the season. That's 58% under the total. And our three takeaways from uh, studying over-unders thus far, we mentioned it last week. i got to mention it again since two out of three of them went over the total. The NFL primetime games, the night games, have started off the season great for over-betters. They've now gone eight and one over-under, an average of 55.9 points per game. Also, the fact that Sunday early kickoff games, the 1 o'clock games, have now gone a very, very low 6-21 over-under on the season. These games have only averaged about 43 points per game. Uh, And finally, non-conference games have already gone 75% under the total for the season. So there you have it. We're off a low-scoring week. And in this week's Totals Tip Sheet newsletter, all four of our best bets will be unders as well as we see a pretty low-scoring week in NFL Week 4 action. Victor King with his comment on the National Football League and what to look forward to this week. And before we go to break and come back with our College Football Game of the Week, a quick note here, Victor, from one of our avid listeners, Jeff Kabasiak, the guitar man from up north in Canada. He points out the fact that uh, what we're going to see this week, uh, uh, the books are really getting banged up here, and uh, especially with these lines that are out there this particular week. You're taking a look right now of six games that have favorites of seven or more points in them, and it really concerns the bookmakers because uh, they have to move these games probably up closer to nine or nine and a half because of teaser situations. And uh, otherwise, they leave themselves exposed to teasers when games are at seven points because people can go through two numbers. They know that, and they get hit double hard in teasers like that. So keep an eye out on those football games in the Cincinnati, New Orleans, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Green Bay games this week to see exactly where those numbers head. My guess is they'll go up from where we're speaking at on the podcast here today. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week, and we've got a beauty on tap when the Cincinnati Bearcats take on the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. 
the only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on the Cincinnati Bearcat Notre Dame football game. It's our college football game of the week. And, Victor, we've got a beauty on tap. Two top ten ranked football teams. How do you see the over-under scoring shaping up in this contest? Right, a nice non-conference battle of unbeatens. I think this is one of, what, only four games this week, which pits two teams in the top 25 uh, playing each other. I believe Notre Dame is the NBC Network, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we've got Cincinnati opening up around a one-point road favorite. A little uh, surprising if you're a Notre Dame fan. The last time I looked, they are already up to about two. So it looks like the money's going the way of the Bearcats. The over-under line open at 51.5. And as we are recording the podcast on Wednesday afternoon, it has fallen to 50.5. There's even a couple of uh, 50s out there as well, which does seem like a fairly low total, particularly when you look at the fact that these two teams are combined 5-2 and over-under in the season for Cincinnati. 2-1 and over-under. Average line 50.1, average score 58.0, and the average Bearcat game has uh, game has gone over by more than a full touchdown. Plus 7.9 is their margin for Notre Dame. Three and one over under on the season. Uh, average line 52 and a half, average score 58 and a half, and their average game has gone over by plus 6.0 points per game. We got some good offenses here. At least on paper, I'll say that. Uh, Cincinnati, 43 points per game on offense. Notre Dame, 35.3. You see numbers like that. And perhaps automatically you want to go to the over-betting window. I would uh, caution you a little bit. Uh, results are, of course, skewed for both teams based on their opposition played, primarily non-conference games. So let's not forget that. I've got some decent trends here that actually point to a Lower scoring game as possible. Cincinnati, 16-38-1 over-under in the month of October, last 12 seasons. 3-8, uh, and eight, their last 11 against winning opponents. 2-6, and six, last eight games in non-conference play. Again, that's two over, six unders. Notre Dame is a team that's gone 10-26 and 26 over-under after scoring 40 in their previous game, like they did last week against Wisconsin. They've also gone... Uh, again, I mentioned at the very, very top, it's pretty surprising when Notre Dame is catching points at home. They have gone 1-5 and five over under in their last six roles as home underdogs. So based on the current point spread and over underline, the implied score is Cincinnati 26.5, Notre Dame 24.5. And here's why I'm leaning under in this particular game. Cincinnati has allowed 24 or less points. In 19 of their last 23 games over the last three seasons, behind a very good defense, Notre Dame has allowed less than 27 points in 25 of their last 28 home games over the last five years. Stylistically, 
Uh, both teams are very similar. Both teams have strong defenses, questionable middle-of-the-road offenses. Cincinnati allowing only 19 points per game. Notre Dame only 23.2. And while I know that, again, both teams are ranked in the top 30 of the FBS teams in terms of overall scoring, if you look more closely at the games in which they scored a lot of the points, it was against like weak teams like Miami of Ohio, Murray State, Toledo, or by luck, what I call freak scores. You do realize that the only reason Notre Dame's game against Wisconsin last week went over the total was because of not one, not two, but three uh, defensive scores. There was, uh, I believe, two pick sixes and a kickoff return for a touchdown. Cincinnati's another team that's benefited from three freak scores this season. So no wonder their scoring numbers are a little bit skewed. Either way, I think that gives us a little bit of value on the under. And at the current line of 50, we will be playing Cincinnati Notre Dame under the total. Victor goes under the total on the Bearcats Notre Dame football game, the big showdown game, pairing two top 10 teams in college football this weekend. This is a big game for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, what I would call a step-up game, if you will. Notre Dame has been here before. They stepped up. They know what it's all about. Cincinnati needs this win to step up and prove that they do indeed belong in the college football playoff talks. And a win here would go a long, long way towards rectifying that situation for the group of five power Cincinnati Bearcats. Some of the problems along the way that I can anticipate for Cincinnati, first of all, they've only won four of the last 19 road games against winning teams. Just three and eight that way under head coach Luke Fickle. Fickle is only just three and six to the spread when favored out on the road, one and four if his team has an 800 or better win percentage. And two and five straight up away is Luke Fickle against undefeated football teams. On the Notre Dame side of the equation here, you have a fighting Irish football team that I say has stepped up in games like this. They are 21 10 and 1 against the spread when they dress up as home dogs in front of Touchdown Jesus including 10 and 1 to the spread if they own an 800 or better win percentage. The question at hand here is the condition of quarterback Jack Cohen, who had to leave the football game last week with a sore foot. We don't know yet at press time, or at least when we broadcast the podcast, whether or not Cohen will be behind center in the football game. But if he is, I'll take a long, hard look at Notre Dame in the football game. Remember, this is a Notre Dame football team that has not only won their last 19 regular season games in a row, but they've also won 26 straight home games in a row, and yet they're dressing up as an underdog in a football game like this. I think that catches their attention, and I will play them plus the points against Cincinnati this Saturday. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week, and we've got a divisional beauty on tap in the NFC Conference. Victor and I will shake out that game and hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to tear apart our NFL game of the week. We're going to hop out west to the NFC West division when the Arizona Cardinals invade Los Angeles to take on the Rams 
in a matchup of two upstart teams and perhaps arguably the strongest division in the National Football League. Victor, how do you see the Cardinals and the Rams faring this weekend? NFL game of the week, another battle of unbeatens, just like our college football in this case. The NFC West Division, Arizona Cardinals 3-0, and the L.A. Rams 3-0 as well. Of course, uh, L.A., the quarterbacks there are looking good, whether it's either the Chargers or the Rams. It's been a good start to the season for quarterbacks, particularly Matt Stafford and his uh, L.A. Rams team, a team who at last look was favored by five to five and a half points in this game. I'm showing the over-under open at 53 and a half. And yeah, as we record the podcast on Wednesday afternoon, it's already up to 54 and a half. There's even a couple of 55s out there. Uh, We're not surprised. This is this week's equivalent to last week's Rams-Buccaneers game when just about uh, everybody and his brother and Joe Square and even some Sharps were on the over in that particular game as well. And that's the way the action in this game has been going. I'm saying, what, 90% of all early tickets, about 95% of all early cash on the over in this particular game. Is it a trap? Is it a setup? I usually do not like going over the total with such a high number for the second week in a row on the same team with such an imbalance of money on the game as well. Uh, we'll, we'll suggest a different way of betting this game, that is for sure. Uh, Arizona 1-2 and two over under on the season. Average line 52.1, average score 56. Their games have actually gone over by an average of 3.9 despite a 1-2 and two over under record. The Rams are one of those 3-0 straight up and 3-0 to the over teams. All three of their games have gone over the total. Average line 49.5 for the Rams. Average score 52.3. Their average game has gone over by plus uh, 2.8 points per game. We've got an offense averaging 31.7 on the season. And how about the Cardinals? Number two offense this year in overall yards, 432 per game. Tied with number one and ten in terms of Tampa Bay as far as scoring, 34.3 points per game for the Arizona Cardinals. When Kyler Murray is healthy, he can certainly move this team. Now, we're not going to forget that uh, based on what's happened this year, it's been kind of the complete opposite of what happened last year. I say that uh, Arizona was the NFL's best road under team last season. Seven of their eight road games went under the total for the Cardinals, for only 41.0 points per game. And, of course, things have changed dramatically here in 2021. Same with the Rams. They were NFL's best home under team last year. All eight of their home games went under the total. They averaged only 34.1 combined points per game. What a difference a quarterback change makes. They've now gone 2-0 to the over at home this year an average of 53.0 points per game. In terms of series history, four of the last six meetings have gone under the total between these two teams, an average of 43.5 points per game. From the database, my first query is, I always like querying NFL games in which both teams come in undefeated. Like this one. Uh, Last 20 years, 10 overs, 2 unders. Game 4 or greater, both teams undefeated. Home team favored like the Rams, 10-2 and two over under. With that said, there is a little bit of caution. This is usually a very good week of the season for NFL division games to go under the total. In fact, game four division games now, 4-16-1 over under in the last five years. 
including a perfect 0-4 to the under when the over-under line is a high uh, 49 or greater points. Also uh, giving me a little bit of caution when it comes to the over in this game is the fact that this is a major role change for Arizona. Uh, another thing I like looking at in the database, they were a significant road favorite one week. They go to a significant road dog role the next week. In the NFL, this has gone 4-17 and 17 over under since 2012. and That's 4 over 17 unders. For any NFL road dog of greater than four points who was a road favorite of greater than four in their last game, Arizona was favored by, what, seven or eight points on the road against Jacksonville last week. So they do indeed qualify in that particular low-scoring situation. So, you know, I got a little bit of a yellow sign here in front of the over. But what I noted from that very, very last query, check this out, in the last four years, NFL road dogs of a field goal or more who were a road favorite of a field goal or more in their last game have gone 16-2 and against the spread. That applies to Arizona this week. So right now, this is how I've uh, wagered on this particular game on Wednesday. Things might change, Mark, when we take a look at it over the weekend. But again, I don't like that high number, 54, 55 points. Let's bring it back down again. You were just talking about teasers, Mark. That's what we're going to play in this particular game. We're going to take Arizona at their current plus five and take them all the way up to plus 11, a standard six-point teaser. By taking them from plus five to plus 11, we have just crossed over two, perhaps even three key numbers, key numbers being six, seven, and 10. So we're going to play that teaser of Arizona plus 11, and then we're going to take that over-under number of 55, drop it down to 49, a more manageable 49. And that's the way that we're going to be going in this game, Mark. I don't know which way you're going in terms of the side, the favorite, the underdog. But right now, I'm going to be playing me a two-team NFC West teaser of Arizona plus 11 and over 49 points. Not your conventional teaser, I might add. Victor's going to tease both the spread in the game and the total in the football game. Looking for good value numbers in both sides. Arizona plus 11, under 49 points for his two-team teaser in this big showdown football game on Sunday. Arizona comes in here with the number two ranked offense in the National Football League, as Victor mentioned. Uh, That's overall offense, number one scoring offense, and number 11 in total team defense. That's been the key here for the Arizona Cardinals this year is their defense has really stepped things up. And in fact, they come into this contest with both the better offense and the better defense than the Rams in this particular football game. Arizona is also 9-3-1 to the spread as a single-digit division road dog. That's what they take into this contest here. My biggest concern about the Cardinals is likely their rush defense, which is allowing 5.4 yards a carry. But The Rams average only 3.3 yards a carry offensively, so that just might not be exposed in this particular football game. As far as the Rams are concerned, they come in here obviously having beat the defending Super Bowl champion last week, and there are letdowns for teams in this role, especially in division games in the following week. They're just 9-19 straight up and and 8-20 to the spread when they take on a division opponent that comes in off a straight-up win and cover, as does the Arizona Cardinals. Matt Stafford in his career, I know it was largely with Detroit or almost all with Detroit, but he struggled in games when coming off back-to-back wins in division contests. He's just 3-10-1 to the spread. 
my biggest concern and my reason I will take the points with Arizona here is simply this. One, a letdown is likely in order here for the Rams, albeit this uh, division game. But two, the Rams are simply not the same defensive team that they were last year. Number one ranked in the National Football League overall, they were hit hard by defections in the free agency last year and is showing up early here this to start this football season here. Their defense is down 81 yards a game this year as opposed to where they finished up last year. So with that, I'll be taking the points with the Arizona Cardinals in that big showdown game in the NFC West on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time for one of our favorite segments on the show as we hop out to Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, if you can believe it, we're going to be talking about football in October. Where did the month of September go? Yeah, it really flew by. In fact, uh, in years past, this weekend will have completed the first quarter of the season. Of course, with the 17th week this year, it's not quite the quarter away point, although I still haven't decided how I'm going to chart the four quarters. I may end up just uh, adding that fifth. Uh, extra week, that fifth week to the final quarter of the season and still look at one through four, five through nine, uh, five through eight, rather, nine through 12, etc. as the first three quarters. But anyway, you look at it, it's been a quickly moving and a very surprising season uh, so far with uh, uh, some teams that are unbeaten, uh, maybe having some unfamiliar names attached to uh, those records. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, uh, we didn't expect the era, you know, uh, teams that you mentioned here undefeated at this stage of the football season here. I know the Denver Broncos had a tremendous preseason, and they've carried and rolled it right into this particular season here, and they will host Baltimore with an undefeated slate this year. Any other unbeaten teams that caught your eye so far this year, Andy? I think Arizona being unbeaten to a certain extent, we weren't quite sure how strong they were going to be. We know that the uh, uh, the the NFC West was, if not the strongest, one of the uh, strongest uh, uh, divisions in football. I think the other surprise has to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, maybe not so much that uh, they beat Miami this past week, but the fact that uh, they had that big Monday night win at home against Baltimore and then went on the road and beat a Pittsburgh team that started off, what, 10 or 11-0 and 0 last year. Uh, so that, uh, I think, would come as a surprise. Not quite sure the Rams are much of a surprise. Denver, I think... In, in many ways, it's a surprise that they're 3-0, and but in many ways, it's not a surprise because they uh, have beaten teams yet to uh, win a game. In fact, you're hard-pressed to find a team weaker than the Jets, Giants, and uh, uh, the Jaguars, who they faced in their first three games. So Denver will get a test this week at home against Baltimore to see just how legit this team is. It'll be interesting because that's going to be a game where they're actually going to face uh, a legitimate, uh, offensively threatening uh, quarterback in Lamar. Mark Jackson. So that one has a little bit of intrigue. And again, like I say, I, I don't think the Rams were that, uh, uh, you know, that that much of a surprise, considering the fact that this is a team that uh, uh, was in the Super Bowl just a few years ago and made an upgraded quarterback from that Super Bowl quarterback, and Jared Goff being exchanged for uh, uh, for Stafford for Matt Stafford. Carolina, I think you'd probably say is a little bit of surprise, a, a bit of a surprise, although they opened with the uh, uh, with the Jets, which they figured to win. Maybe not so much the game against New Orleans and then, of course, uh, last week's win, uh, not all that much of a surprise at home against a depleted uh, Houston team. So uh, I'd say more surprise than not surprise, but even the ones where I'm surprised, there's a little bit of an explanation. I agree with that 100%, Andy. And, uh, you know, maybe next week, obviously, these, the amount of undefeated teams are going to be 
beginning to dwindle down, and we'll get down to the guys that we expected them to be. But nonetheless, we're having fun talking about those teams at this stage of the football season. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, publisher of one of the finest football newsletters in the nation. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to log on to TheLogicalApproach.com and check out Andy's weekly football newsletter. It'll be a visit that you'll be glad you made. Andy, with that, I know we're uh, rounding out of the first month of the contest in Las Vegas. The Circa, I think they do their end of the month uh, that way uh, next week, the four weeks. The Superbook, I think, does it through the, uh, categorically, or I should say, calendar through the month of September. But anyway, as I butchered all that up, <laughs> how does this, how do the standings look right now after the month of September with these two big contests? Well, let's start with the uh, – uh, Super Contest uh, Classic and the Super Contest Gold, but the Super Contest Classic that you were referring to, that has, in addition to the season-long 17-game, uh, 18-week uh, contest, season-long contest, they have six smaller contests of three weeks each and three smaller contests of six weeks each. So the conclusion of the first three-week contest just concluded this past uh, Monday night with Dallas's win over Philadelphia. Uh, two winners uh, split uh, uh, the first place prize. I think they pay three or four places for these mini contests. So 14 and one, those are the two leaders. They win the three-week mini contest, but they also hold the uh, the lead after the three-week uh, mark of the uh, regular season long contest. A little bit ahead of one contestant who sits at 13, one and one and must be ruining that push because if that push had been a win, they'd be also tied for the lead. Three contestants are at an outstanding 13-2. and two. Six more are at 12-2-1. and one. And then 25 are tied at 80% with a 12-3 and three record uh, through the first week, three weeks of the, uh, uh, of the contest. As far as the top five consensus plays, after uh, starting out 2-8 and eight in the uh, Super Contest Classic, the five consensus top plays went 4-1 and one last week, raising their season mark to 6-9. Uh, uh, and, and interestingly, in uh, both this contest and uh, the Super Contest Gold, which I'll get to in a moment, uh, two of the top five selections were in the same game. The top selection in the uh, Super Contest Classic, the Arizona Cardinals, and they were a point spread winner over Jacksonville, as were the Los Angeles Rams, a point spread winner, the second most popular choice in their uh, in, in interesting and important battle against Tampa Bay on Sunday. Now, one of the teams in the game that I mentioned uh, had uh, popular selection on both sides, uh, the third most popular selection, the Las Vegas Raiders. That was the one loser for the contestant, for the contestants, a uh, consensus contestants this week. But that was offset by the other side, the Miami Dolphins, who missed by uh, just a small half point in that contest. Or actually, yeah, half point because it was, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, that in that contest they were plus four, but either way they lost on that, uh, uh, that field goal. Uh, they were the most fifth most popular choice, and the fourth most popular choice was Sunday night, the Green Bay Packers. So four and one for the consensus in the Super Contest Classic. In the Super Contest Gold, that's the $5,000 winner-take-all prize. There are 87 contestants, so that's $435,000. That will go to the person who emerges uh, at the top of the contest at the end of the season. Right now, three contestants are tied for the lead at 10-4-1. and Four more are at 10-5. Three are at 9-5-1. And and 11 are at 9 and 6, so that's 14, 18, 21 contestants 
basically a quarter of the field hitting 60% or better through the first three weeks of the contest. Now, despite that success at the top, the consensus coming into week three was just three, six, and one. There was a tie in week uh, in week three uh, of the um, uh, consensus uh, tied for fifth, so there were actually six consensus selections this week. The winners were Miami, Green Bay, the Los Angeles Rams, and the New Orleans Saints with their win uh, and cover at uh, New England. The two losers were Philadelphia Monday night against Dallas, and then it was Washington. So I, I misspoke before. Uh, Las Vegas uh, was not uh, uh, one of the top consensus plays in the Super Contest Gold. Washington was the other loser. So four and two uh, has them at seven, eight, and one through three weeks. Now we get to the Circa Contest. This is the big contest this year with uh, basically uh, twice as many entries, about uh, just under 2,000 for the Super Contest. Contest Classic, just over 4,000 for the uh, Circa Million Contest. The uh, leader in that contest, uh, this has the quarterly prize, four weeks uh, uh, consist of the first quarter. Uh, so that uh, contest will be decided this week, that first of the four quarterly contests. One contestant is a perfect 15-0 and 0 through the first three weeks, and perhaps as remarkable, 10 contestants are 14-1 and 1 through the first three weeks, and another 36 are at 13-2 and 2 atop the leaderboard for both the first four weeks and, of course, the uh, full season uh, consensus, uh, the full se- season contest, rather, the consensus. Five and five entering uh, week number three. Four and one this week for a nine and six mark overall. This is the contest, the second contest where both the Raiders and Dolphins were amongst the four most popular choices. In fact, the most popular choice uh, this week was the Raiders with nearly a quarter of the field making that one of their uh, five selections. Uh, They had 1,108 of the 4,087 entrants. That was the one loser. The opponent, Miami, uh, the Dolphins, they had 1,044, also nearly a quarter of the field. They were the fourth most popular entry, and that one was the winner. So uh, basically half the field was on the uh, Raiders game uh, against uh, the Dolphins, and they were almost evenly split between the two of them. So 50% of the field went 50-50. The second most popular choice, the Rams against Tampa Bay. That was a winning selection. Number three, Green Bay on Sunday night against the uh, 49ers. That was a winning selection. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, was the uh, fifth most popular choice and also uh, the winning selection. And just to give you an idea, I mentioned that there were 4,087 entrants. And uh, that's a total of uh, just over uh, just or just under 4,500 selections each week. The Packers, the Rams, the Raiders, and the Dolphins each had over 1,000 selections, and 5th Arizona had 950. So it was a heavily weighted field towards the most popular selections, and they went 4-1. and one. So that was an impressive showing in the Circa Million. Uh, as far as the Survivor Contest, 2,985 contestants out of the slightly more than 4,000 uh, that entered $1,000 entry fee, picked the game straight up. You got, and uh, you have to win to advance, and you can't use a team more than once in the season. Not surprisingly, the Denver Broncos hosting the New York Jets was picked by almost half the field. 1,468 uh, contestants uh, picked and won with Denver. Carolina was next with about half that amount, 736. 
Baltimore, Cleveland, and Arizona round out the top five most popular selections in the Survivor Contest this past week, and all five of those teams won. Uh, there were seven teams that did not cover, but they did not receive a lot of, did not win, excuse me, did not win straight up, then they did not receive a lot of support. The Giants had 28, picking them over Atlanta. Kansas City had 19, picking them over the Chargers. Pittsburgh had 12, picking them over the Cincinnati Bengals. San Francisco, uh, surprisingly in that battle between San Francisco and Green Bay, figured not to be a very heavily uh, picked game. San Francisco had just two picks uh, that lost uh, in uh, Sunday night's game. New England, Miami, and the New York Jets each had one believer. That was 64. However, interestingly, it appears that uh, uh, four contestants uh, did not make uh, selections last week, as uh, you would the 29.85 minus 64 would be. Uh, 2921, but the website shows 2,917 contestants advanced. So after wiping out 1,000, about 25% of the field in the first two weeks of the Survivor Contest, a very small percentage eliminated in week three. So those are the contest results for the two major NFL contests being held this season in Las Vegas. Sounds like things went pretty much to Hoyle last week in Las Vegas as far as the contests are concerned. And, Andy, before I get to your complimentary play, I know our listeners would love to know any advanced line moves that we should be aware of this week that happened in Vegas throughout the course of the week. Well, actually, what I thought I would do this week is I would provide the listeners with the advanced lines for week number five. Now, many people already have seen line moves occur for uh, this week already, but the ones that uh, are out now, those have not yet moved. Those come out generally on uh, Tuesday evenings of the week preceding the week of the game. So, for example, uh, this Thursday night's game, uh, Jacksonville at Cincinnati, uh, that line came out last Tuesday. Next Thursday is a good divisional matchup in the NFC West, the Los Angeles Rams at Seattle. And actually, the line and total are both being put out in advance this year. Rams, one-point road favorite with a total of 53. Getting to Sunday, October 10th, the Jets at Atlanta, scheduled for London, England. Atlanta, a four-point neutral favorite with a total of 44. Miami will be at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, a nine-and-a-half point home favorite, total 49-and-a-half. Philadelphia at Carolina. Carolina favorite at home by four with a total of 46-and-a-half. New Orleans at Washington. Now the Saints, one-point road favorites with a total of 43. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee, seven-and-a-half point road favorite, total of 52. Detroit at Minnesota. The Vikings, eight-point home favorites with a total of 49-and-a-half. Denver will be at Pittsburgh, and this will be a surprising line for many people, but certainly it can be justified. I'll be interested to see what happens this week, both with Pittsburgh at Green Bay and Denver hosting Baltimore. Denver, a two-point road favorite with a total of 41-and-a-half. Speaking of Green Bay, they will be at Cincinnati. Packers favored by three on the road with a total of 48. New England will be at Houston. The Patriots coming off their game this Sunday night against Tampa Bay. Patriots seven and a half point road favorites with a total of 41 and a half. Chicago will be here in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders seven point home favorites with a total of 45. Cleveland will be in Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. That game is a pick 'em with a total of 50 and one half. 
Giants in an NFC East matchup will be at Dallas to take on the Cowboys, where the Cowboys are 8.5-point home favorites, total of 49.5. San Francisco at Arizona, the other two NFC West teams playing one another, and the Cardinals right now two, or opened 2.5-point home favorites, total 52.5. The Sunday night game, one that a lot of us have been waiting for all season, Buffalo at Kansas City. Kansas City, a four-point home favorite with a total of 56.5. And finally, Monday, October 11th, the Indianapolis Colts play the third of three consecutive road games following their 0-2 start. They are at Baltimore, where the Ravens are 6.5-point home favorites and the total 49.5. So the uh, listeners can use this as a guide as to what the odds makers think through the first three weeks of the season what the lines would be for week number five. We'll see how week four's results cause the lines makers to adjust these lines when they open up either Sunday night or on Monday, depending upon, and Tuesday again for the uh, Sunday night result uh, and the Monday night result. I love seeing those correlations between what the odds makers thought and what it ends up being between the time the early lines are announced and when the games kick off next, the next football games in advance. And before we let you go, on the heels of back-to-back winning plays with your complimentary pick, our listeners would like to know what you're looking at this week as well. Well, sure. I just want to add one thing from your playbook preview uh, over the summer. Uh, you included the way, way advanced lines for all 18 weeks that were be able to be bet upon during the months of July and August. And so the listeners who have the playbook or haven't gotten it should get it. They can actually see what the odds makers thought before any regular season games were played what the lines would be, and they can actually monitor those lines before anyone knew anything to what the lines are after three weeks of action and what they're expected to be after four weeks of action. I'm going to go to one of those NFC West battles between Seattle and San Francisco. Currently, San Francisco, a three-point home favorite. Uh, there is some vig attached depending upon which way you play it. In some cases, Seattle plus the three is minus as high as minus yeah, or 20 in some places, meaning you can get the 49ers laying three even money, minus 05, or the standard minus 110. I'm going with Seattle in this game. Now, 49ers came up just short Sunday night in the loss to uh, Green Bay. Even though it was only 37 seconds, that was too much time for Aaron Rodgers to lead the pack down the field for the uh, game-winning uh, field goal. Uh, Seattle, meanwhile, lost its second straight game, unable to hold a 17-7 second-quarter lead, held scoreless after halftime in that 30-17 uh, uh, loss to, uh, to Minnesota uh, on, uh, on Sunday. And that followed blowing a home lead at uh, uh, in, in week number two against Tennessee, leading 30-16 to 16 in the fourth quarter. And Tennessee ultimately win, ties and wins that game in overtime. Uh, the Seattle offense did struggle last week in the second half. It suggests a much better effort this week from, uh, from Russell Wilson. 49ers offense has also struggled the past couple of weeks against Philadelphia and then early against uh, uh, Green Bay throughout a good part of it. It may just be a, a very short while until Garoppolo is replaced by uh, Trey Lance in San Francisco at quarterback. Lance was in there, had that nice uh, run for a touchdown when I guess everybody felt he was going to run and he was still able to do it. Uh, Seattle's 
uh, has the has the edge uh, at uh, at quarterback uh, over uh, the the more highly touted San Francisco defense, and I think Wilson's play will be the difference. Seattle has really controlled the season. They've won of the 12, 12 of the last fourteen meetings, including six of the last seven in San Francisco, twice with outright upset wins as uh, underdogs. So I'm going to take the three points with uh, uh, with C- uh, with Seattle this week, and I'm going to. Uh, 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 Take the points and also make a money line play. I think we did that with the Rams last week, although it was basically uh, an even money game by the time kickoff went. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle plus the three and the uh, money line on the uh, Seahawks as well. Andy Isco on the Seattle Seahawks for his complimentary play on the football card this week, looking for Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll to bounce back after that rare back-to-back losses, a situation you don't see too often with between those two coach and quarterbacks in the National Football League. Andy, a great job on the show once again, as always, and I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week. Hope the ball bounces your way, and until next week, have a great week this week. You too, Mark, Victor, and uh, the entire uh, uh, listening audience. Let's have another successful weekend. Close out September, begin October in great fashion. Thank you so much. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with the Vegas vibe. And don't go away. We're going to put the final wraps. We'll do our awesome angle of the week. And Victor and I will share with you our complimentary plays when we're back in just a moment here with more on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it, our awesome angle of the week this week. It's in college football once again. We call this angle 40, 40, and 40. What we're looking to do is to play on any college football home dog if they scored 40 or more points in each of their last three games. It's just that simple. At home, dog scored 40 or more the last three football games. We do this because this record is 27 and 10 to the spread since 1980. That's a 73% winning angle. We'll be on Oregon State as the home dog this week for our awesome angle play on the football card. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor likes for his complimentary play. And Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what the King Creole Sports has got on tap this weekend. Sure can, Mark. Our baseball season continues uh, very well thus far with totals plays. We've got an NFL over-under selection in the Thursday night game between Jacksonville and Cincinnati, and that's already up at the PlaybookSports.com website, as is our four-star over of the week in the NFL. That's already up there on the website as well. My NFL tidbit is the fact that uh, it's really interesting to see the Chiefs, the Seahawks, and the Steelers. They're all currently in sole possession of last place in their division after winning said division last year. Things definitely changed, and for me, it's still tough wrapping my head around right now seeing the Kansas City Chiefs in last place in their particular division for our free play this week, Mark, we're going to go with an under, and we're going to give uh, Tuco the week off. He's a little bit down on himself because he came up two points shy last week. Tennessee Titans 
missed their team total by just two points. I told Tuco, don't sweat about it, big boy. You're still you're still 27 and 10 against the spread lifetime in team totals, and we can handle a two-point loss every once in a while. Instead, we're going to give the ball to our other canine this week, and that would be Monkey, also known as Isabella. And we're going to be going under the total in the Chiefs-Eagles game, a non-conference game. And there's a lot to like about the under in this one. First off, we got a big road chalky team with KC laying over a touchdown on the road. A longtime totals tip sheet customers know that we always go low when the road team is favored by a touchdown or more. We've also got a high bar in terms of the over-under line. Currently at 54.5 to 55 points. We've got good material out of our database. And we've got one of our favorite home under teams in the league. That would be the Philadelphia Eagles, who have now gone 13-31 and 31 over under in all home games over the last five years. That includes 90% under the total when priced as home dogs of eight or less points. So we've also got the fact that uh, we've got Casey being one of the bigger road favorites, as I man, uh, mentioned, and we've got a relatively high over-under line. And we've got 3-15 and 15 over-under out of the database last five years. Game 11 or less, non-division road favorites of a touchdown or more when the over-under line is 49 or more points. That applies to the Chiefs in this week's game against the Eagles, a team who is playing, obviously, on reduced rest as they lost by 20 points on the road in Big D on Monday night. 0-6 over-under since 2015. NFL underdogs of greater than three points off a Monday division road game when the over-under line is greater than 41 points. Uh, as I mentioned at last look, this has one of the highest over-under lines of the week last season. NFL non-division games with a very high over-under line of greater than 53 points went 90% under the total in weeks 4 through 8. I also ran a query for any over-under tendencies in NFC versus AFC games. And here you go, 1-9 over-under last three years. NFC Conference home dogs of greater than a field goal and less than 10 points versus any AFC opponent. And I know you may be a little gun-shy because Philadelphia allowed Dallas to score, what, 41 points on Monday night? I understand that. However, when we query that in the database, we get game 11 or less non-division dogs who just allowed 40 or more points in their last game have gone a perfect 0-11 to the under in the last four seasons. That applies to this particular game we're going to give the ball to Monkey, and Monkey's going under in the Chiefs and Eagles game. We've already got numerous plays up at the playbook.sports.com uh, website. And someone's got a big play in the NFL this week. We're going to see if Mark can continue that fantastic run in the NFL. What do you got planned for this week, Mark, in pro football? Well, we've got a big weekend on tap this weekend, Victor, in the NFL. It's our featured NFL game of the month. As Victor mentioned earlier, we have not lost an NFL game this year. We're 8-0 and on our service. That will be included with every college and NFL play I make for just $99. Get everything, college and pro football, Saturday through Monday with the college football, or make that the NFL game of the month at playbooksports.com or call toll-free 1-800-321-7777. 
And before I get to my complimentary plate, I want to remind our listeners out there once again that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering a double your first deposit offer. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, mention the promo code PLAYBOOK, and get double your first deposit. That's mybookie.ag to get double your first deposit offer. Take advantage of that just in time for the games this weekend. And with that, my complimentary play on the college football card this week is we're going to use the Wisconsin Badgers, a team that I talked about at the onset of the show, a football team that I think is uh, playing a lot better than their record indicates thus far this football season here. They're 1-2 and two in the year, but they've won the yards in all three of their football games, and they're going to take on a Michigan football team that I feel is just about ready to be exposed. Michigan comes into this contest here off three consecutive home wins in a row. Wisconsin red-faced and embarrassed off that loss last week against Notre Dame, but boy, oh boy, look inside those numbers, guys. Uh, in fact, it was Wisconsin who won the yards in the football game, and in fact, in the fourth quarter, when everything fell apart for them, they were outscored 31 to nothing in that game. Wisconsin actually out-yarded Notre Dame in that third quarter by over 50 yards in the third, in that fourth and final quarter. I'm going to stay home with the Badgers, who are very familiar with winning at home. Expose Michigan in this game. We'll play Wisconsin against Michigan for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Our good friend Andy Isco is joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>